0: Hey, Big Biology listeners, thanks for your continued support of our show. As you've no doubt realized, we're on a break between Season 5 and the upcoming Season 6, which will start in early September. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests for you, so stay tuned.
1: We're putting out this special short episode because of a job opening with Big Biology. The opening is because we also have sad news to pass along. Our longtime producer, Ruth Demery, has decided to move on to new challenges and will be leaving in a bit.
0: We met Ruth when we featured her in our student spotlight way back in mid-pandemic episode 45, during which she told us about her undergrad work at Vassar on a parasitic nematode.
1: Art and I were so impressed with Ruth then that we asked her to come on as an intern the following season.
0: And then when our former producer Matt Blois decided to leave, it was obvious that we should ask Ruth to step in.
1: Ruth took on that job in episode 56. In other words, she's produced nearly 50 episodes of Big Biology. Holy crap! She's also deftly managed our teams of interns since that time.
0: Thank you, Ruth, for so much awesome work.
1: So, now, we're looking for a new producer. And you can think of this very short episode as a job ad. We're going to interview Ruth about her experiences with Big Biology and what it takes to do that job.
0: We'll just say now, if you're interested in applying for this position, please send a CV and statement of interest to info at bigbiology.org. We all work remotely, so geographic location isn't necessarily a constraint. Okay, Ruth Demery, super nice to have you on the show for once. We're super sorry to see you go, but um, you have been like the absolute core of our show and helping us get all the good things done and turn all of the... Bits and pieces of interesting conversations into great final products. So thanks so much.
2: Thank you. It's fun to be on the other side of the curtain right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, She started with us on the
1: other side of the curtain, right? Yeah. It's yeah. True. And then we, it's then true. we started behind we the curtain. Yeah. Mostly because Art and I need so much help putting on the makeup to transform the sometimes (laughs) incoherent things we say into a story and you've done a wonderful job with that so yeah I mean I just wanted to echo what what Art's saying it's been fantastic to have you it's really sad to see you go but um we're I wouldn't say prepared for it but we should have always known that it was going to happen and now that you have your master's degree you've got lots of awesome things coming.
0: So we wanted to just do a short little interview, basically also as a way to reach out to potential listeners who might be interested in becoming uh, the producer of our show. And uh, we're gonna do that by asking you just a few short questions about your experiences and things you you know like and maybe don't like about, about the job. So maybe, first of all, why don't you give us a, just a brief overview of what happens between the time that Marty or Cam or I send you raw audio and the episode gets published. So what what happens in there?
2: Yeah, so usually what you guys send me is a handful of audio tracks. It's usually about three, uh, one from each of the hosts and one from each of the guests. And I take those and I align those into the raw file of the conversation. And this is what I listen through and edit lightly as I go. Uh, and during that round, I'm mainly focusing on the quality of the listening experience. And so that means removing any awkward pauses, removing coughing, throat clears, the next door neighbor doing yard work, things like that. <laughs>
0: My lip smacking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Busted. Um,
2: and in this podcast in particular, we you guys dive pretty deep into some fairly dense concepts it's really important that we our audience doesn't get lost in the weeds. And so my uh, priority during the second round is sort of clarity and making the path of the conversation as clear as possible. And so this involves uh, removing any sort of redundancy, cutting down on extraneous details, reordering if necessary to make the path of the conversation clearer to the listener. And then basically it goes from a 90-ish minute conversation down to a 60-ish minute conversation. And this is what I pass on to the whole team. And then, of course, the episode also has a scripted intro, which goes on the beginning, and that's written after the interview by you guys and recorded, which I then edit lightly and tack on to the beginning. And then I add the theme music and we're ready to go.
1: Cool. So how long does each one of those steps take? And I guess the things that sounded like they may take the longest would be that initial cleanup before you then think about recombining the the conversation. So if those are the two main stages and tell me if I'm wrong, but if those are the two main stages, how long does each one take?
2: So yeah, definitely that first stage is the longest and it varies widely in terms of how long, um, based on the quality of the audio tracks that I receive. Sometimes we have uh, a guest has a little more uh, difficult or tricky audio. Or and so
0: sometimes the podcast host forgets to hit record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that happens too.
2: Uh, it usually takes me, or it could take anywhere from uh, five to ten hours to go through the full thing. But that first stage, I would say more like three to seven hours. Does that sound... That sounds
1: good to me. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know how um, long. So whatever number you say is right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would say another, you know, great thing that you bring to this job is uh, just sort of background biology smarts. So, you know, it feels like over the years we've developed this sort of trust that you make the best decisions about what parts of conversations to keep and what parts to cut seems like you've got an unusual combination of skills of being able to do all the sort of technical audio stuff, but also having the mind of a, you know, a biology storyteller or a biology listener, you know, so, so how did you develop those like biology skills and how do you, how do you make decisions about that cutting or keeping of, of parts of conversations?
2: Well, luckily I don't think you have to be an expert to do this job because I definitely wasn't coming in. Um, A bachelor's level background in biology uh, is enough to give you the tools in order to do this job, but the part of it that I think was even more important was being a bioenthusiast and so being really interested in the stories. My area of interest for my own personal research is on the animal behavior side, on the uh, more broadly maybe just organismal biology, but of course not every episode is about that. I have to be interested in a whole range of biology topics and reflect the passion you guys have in speaking to other experts in other disciplines within the field. Right, right. In terms of how I go about it, you guys know this, but the audience doesn't necessarily know this. Before every episode, Art, Marty, and Cam do extensive research into the subject matter, into the guests' research, and put together a document of talking points, and this document I often use not only to get a sense of the framework of the conversation, but I also use it as a resource for learning about the subject matter. You also include a lot of links to papers and relevant information that I can use to better understand this topic.
1: Yeah. Okay. So how do you make the decisions when you've got 90 minutes and your goal, I mean, I don't think you necessarily set out to do 60 minutes. But what are the, are there flags about things that stand out that help you? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to cut this or I'm going to move this over here. What are the signals you get to make those changes? She
0: she just cuts your questions, Marty. That was so predictable.
1: (laughs) You are so predictable. I, I could just feel myself putting that ball on the team
2: for you. Every time I hear I hear you open your mouth, I just click the razor tool. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no!
1: <laughs> <Ruth>. <laughs> You've totally bought into the beating up on Marty approach. Nice. I like it.
2: Part of it is more happening on your end than on my end. The conversations, like I said, they always, you, you try to keep it to 90 minutes. And so there's going to be a natural amount of uh, fluff going on in the beginning and in the end that's just getting... Uh, up to speed or resolving things. It's not necessarily stuff that goes into the final conversation. So a lot of it comes out naturally. Um, But in terms of the way that I go about deciding whether or not something is uh, extraneous or not, it usually involves listening as a listener. And that's why the first time I listen through, I'm really doing light editing, but I'm trying to listen as if I am an audience member. And I'm trying to react and see where am I sort of losing track? Where am I zoning out? And that's an area where maybe this is becoming a lecture and maybe this needs to be tightened up a little bit.
0: It, it feels sometimes to me like there's also just moments in a conversation when we, the hosts or the guests just feel flat. You can, you can feel like the energy has gone out of the conversation and like, we're just tired of talking about a particular topic or we, you know, we've sort of unintentionally like circled back to something we already talked about and everybody's just kind of like, uh, why are we talking about this again? <laughs> and, uh, those, those, I think you do a good job of cutting those.
1: Okay. Let's let's shift gears a little bit, Art, if that's okay. Um, what kinds of guests have been your favorite ones to edit? And I mean, the other way to answer that question is what are your favorite episodes?
2: Well, the audio editor side of me wants to say, oh, I love when you talk to podcasters. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 3 hours of work it's much better this way.
2: <laughs> they just know what they're doing. No, um there is something about that though of when you talk to somebody who is a storyteller or you talk to somebody who is a podcaster, they just have that presence and it's just even from the raw audio. It's such a a good listen. And so I really am not doing too much to bring out the the story from the conversation. But Putting that bias aside, my favorite episodes to work on are the ones that I am surprised by being so interested in. They're the ones that I don't go into expecting to be super enthusiastic about. Uh, the one that comes to mind is last year, Catherine Page Harden, um, the episode on like the genetic lottery. I was talking about that episode for weeks to anyone who would listen to me. Not My Wheelhouse, but it was such a delight to listen to and realize this was something that I could get so fired up about.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. she was so good at explaining that, that complicated stuff.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about a storyteller. I mean, she has great chops for that. She's a fantastic scientist, but she's also you know really good at putting together
0: stories yeah. with complicated material. Um, on to one other aspect of the job, which is uh, that you're an, an executive producer in the sense that you're also managing our team of people altogether, and that includes the interns. So maybe just, just say very briefly how you interact and manage them.
2: Yeah, so it can be a little daunting to manage an invisible group of people that you've never met in real life.
0: (laughs) Joy is a
1: remote (laughs) work. They just live in the screen that we always use.
2: Yes. (laughs) And I can say as a previous intern, it's similarly daunting to be working for an invisible group of people that you've never met in real life. Yeah. Um, And so a lot of the struggle at first is just getting everybody comfortable, but, uh, Our interns, the interns that gravitate towards this podcast are just amazing people. They're all very self-driven. And so they really don't need a manager breathing down the back of their neck, I feel. Uh, And so my job is sort of a breeze in that sense. It's really just uh, making sure that we're all aware of what's going on, what sort of things need to be accomplished. And then I sit back and they just do their thing.
1: Yeah. I think it's so cool to hear you say that, um because that's really the perspective that we've we've taken with you. The more that we stay out of your way, I think the better the show is so uh the main reason I wanted to say that we never met
0: in person yeah, crazy, right? right? It feels like we know each other so well,
1: so you and art and me I mean Art and I have known each other forever but but it's crazy that we've worked so much together for so long, so many different things. And we've never met in person. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. It's remarkable that that's possible, but I kind of wish we would have had the chance. No, at some
2: point we're going to have to get a beer together. <laughs> yeah. We're going
0: to have to. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what would you do differently? Or what should we do differently? Because you're walking out the door. You can say anything. Yeah, and then yeah, No yeah. repercussions.
2: <laughs> um, I mean, there's so many factors that go into choosing guests. Sometimes it's necessity. Sometimes it's our own interests. Um, but, I think would be important to continue to work towards having or using this platform to give voices to scientists who aren't necessarily getting platforms like this and amplifying the voices of those uh, with really cool science who aren't necessarily being spotlighted. Mm-hmm. I, I've mm-hmm. always loved the episodes where we talk to young scientists who are just so enthusiastic and doing something so new and breaking new ground and things like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, then this is a great point. I mean, graduate students and postdocs, they're not as jaded as old farts. As, uh... <laughs> All
0: right, Ruth, what's next for you?
2: Well, I finished my master's, so I'm headed back to the U S <laughs> and I'm hoping to continue to work in animal welfare and behavior research, if not in a paying job, then in my own science communication projects. But yeah, ultimately I'm keeping an open mind. Um, and listen to Big Bio. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: awesome. Thanks so much for talking to us about this. Ruth, is there, like we ask all of our guests, is there anything else that you wanted to say that we didn't prompt you?
2: I would just want to reemphasize how grateful I am to have had this opportunity for the past few years. This has been such a wonderful uh, experience for me. I feel like I have just gotten such a clear perspective on like what the field of biology is, like the modern field looks like. Um, and it's given me so much more clarity in terms of my own professional goals. And it's also given me just so much more self-assuredness and confidence in the field and as a researcher. So thank you. That's really been wonderful. I'll always be Big Bio's number one fan,
0: so.
1: <laughs> awesome, well, thanks again so much. This The show wouldn't be the same without you. Best of luck with the next steps. Thank you. <laughs> So thanks for listening to this short episode of Big Biology. Remember, if you're interested in the position, which is part-time and pay is commensurate with experience and skills, just send us a CV and a statement of interest to info at bigbiology.org. Thanks.